welcome to the Virtual Health Expert Show, a place where pounds are shed, disease is dead, popping pills is in the past while you are taking your health, happiness, and lifestyles to the next level. The Virtual Health Experts are the most cutting-edge natural health experts from around the world like your Olympic-level health expert, Dr. Emmett Blonick. Who better to help guide you than a board-certified wellness physician, a best-selling author, TED Talk speaker, United Nations guest speaker, a Team USA athlete, as well as doctor in multiple world championship and Olympic games, Olympic teams and the world CrossFit games, a five-times Ironman finisher, a board-certified weight management specialist, a nutritional counselor and a board-certified specialist in obesity professional education, founder of nextlevelhealth.com and the virtual health expert show, your host, Dr. Emmett Blonick. All right, you guys, are you struggling to find your voice, your confidence? Maybe you've even gotten insecure about who you are and what you're doing with your life. Do you feel like you've lost your direction or even your identity? Perhaps you have ambition and dreams, but the passion, the desire has faded and you're confused about your message. Maybe you're so busy, stressed, or even depressed that you need to unlock and unleash the missing link. And in this episode, my guest today, Dr. Chris Zeno and I are going to walk you through how to unlock and unleash your potential and reclaim the drive, desire, passion, and purpose. Hey guys, I'm Dr. Emmett Blonick. I'm your virtual health expert here to help get you to the next level with your health, happiness, and lifestyles. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Chris Zeno the owner and founder of the world's largest family wellness practice. Dr. Chris Zeno is a world-renowned speaker, literally on over 4,500 stages and events. He's an author, an entrepreneur, not just an entrepreneur, a successful one, and a winner of the coveted Mr. America Award, as well as Mr. Universe recently. He's got the titles. He's the founder of drzaino.com. That's Dr. Zaino, Z-A-I-N-O.com. And I wanted to hear from him, and I want you to hear from him, and how he's turned his health, happiness, and lifestyle battles into wins, and how he's developed systems for real people, everyday people, and their struggles, and how he's turned them into solutions, solutions for their inner battles, their identity crisis, and unleashing and unlocking the hero within. So Dr. Zeno, I'm so excited to hear from you today. Again, my friend, I'm just pumped. Uh, thanks for being on. Uh, Dr. Zeno, I wanted to ask you a question about something I read on your website, uh, drzeno.com, and it's about um, reaching your potential. And what you said on there was, there are people sleepwalking through life. Can you, can you just tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? You know, Dr. Emmett, I, I realized around, I'm 42 now, so I would say around 33, 34 years old, I really started waking up to like who I was. I realized like, oh my God, for 34 years, the most underdeveloped relationship I've ever had with anyone was with myself. And I'm like, well, why was that? Because it was, it was, it's tough to like court yourself, so to speak. 
And I realized that like many of our lives, we were just basically told what to do and what to think. And we were living our lives according to other people's values on what they thought was good for our lives. And that's what we did the majority of our lives. So here we're, we're putting on this false suit or what I call this secret identity to conform and fit in. And at the end of the day, you don't even know who you are anymore. You don't know what you like or what you're supposed to do. And it really, it really pulls away from living the life you're always created to live. So that's what I mean. We're sleepwalking through life. We, we're, we're given a lot of certainty growing up, right? First grade, second grade, third grade, go to high school, right? Then go to college and everything's there. Then after college, get a job, then get married, then get the dogs and get the kids. So what happens when you check off those boxes? I was, I remember Dr. Emmett, like, you know, checking off every box you could think of, house, the car, the healthy family, everything, success, even success, and I was still numb. I was still disengaged and unfulfilled because I realized that I, I was not only not reaching my potential, but I actually felt I was grieving my potential. Do you, do you feel like um, people are actually getting to their potential? I mean, is that so when you are grieving, when you say grieving, do you feel like you got to your potential and you kind of didn't need to upscale that? Or did you feel like you weren't even getting there? And how does that relate to maybe, you know, the everyday person out there? Well, the grieving of the potential, what everybody can relate with, and a lot of people relate with that term when I say that, it's, I call it the heroic guidance system. When you start to feel, if you're feeling, if you're listening right now or watching this right now and you feel numb, dis, uh, depressed, uh, disengaged, uh, burnt out, sad, unfulfilled, there's symptoms. You know, it's not really a state. It's just a symptom. It's a total symptom that you're just grieving your potential. It's, you're not aligned with, you, with who you are anymore. And these are just symptoms. These are not the root cause. You're not, you're not feeling that way because you're depressed. You know, you're not expressing something. You're not being who you're created to be because there's this conflict on the inside of you that you, re- you don't realize that the, the job you're at, the relationship you may be in, the way you act, the way you dress, everything might just be dictated by other people. And over time, it's just your, your truth uh, goes against that. It starts to say, well, who am I? What, what do I want to do with my life? You start to feel, you know, here, I checked off these boxes, but you know, it's not about checking off boxes. That was the biggest thing, Dr. Emmett, that I thought would happen. I thought I was, I was like, yeah, let's hit the target. Let's hit the target. We hit the targets. Then I realized, holy smoke, life was not about conditions. It was not about hitting targets because as spiritual beings in a physical body, we're always created to, we're, number one, we're always, we, we create, all right? So we're always creating and we're always looking to evolve and expand. So even when you hit that level, there's always another level. There's, a, there's always another level as long as you're on this planet. So just knowing that you'll never get it done, it's, always, it's just like when you climb one mountain, you look over, you're like, you have a different perception. You see five other mountain peaks that you need to go after. So how do we continually keep on striving and creating and evolving? And that's really where happiness and fulfillment comes from. It's not reaching the destination, but actually doing something in your life that the act of doing it is the reward. So if you could find that thing in your life that the act of it is the reward, then that's the greatest way of getting happiness and fulfillment. Let's camp out on that a little bit because yeah. I, like, I like where you're at with that. The, uh, it's, it's the act of doing it and you have to be able to enjoy Because, hey, man, I am with you, um, you know, just for listeners here. You know, I, I came from a, a impoverished, fractured family background, no money, struggling. And then when you, you know, when you see things on TV and then I had mentors and coaches in my life and Hey, if we do this, if we check those boxes, you know, one of, one of those for me and I, you know, some people may not understand what we're referring to, but um, you know, let's get to uh, seeing a thousand patients a week, check the box. 
Um, you know, that is where I thought, hey, man, I'm going to be fulfilled. I'm going to be happy, right? Um, I need a million dollars in the bank. Remember, poor kid, right? Growing up poor. Once I get a million in the bank, I'm going to be happy. Check the box. Uh, maybe it's the Ferrari. Check the box. Maybe it's the house. And you know what? In all of those boxes, it never ceased to fulfill me. And, and so then I had to start looking back and I wanted you to speak more about this is where can somebody start to, it's almost like the flags um, or the check engine light. Where can they start to see, you know what, that, that's what they're talking about. That's, I need to recognize this and now course correct. What are those, what are those, what maybe their symptoms? What are those clues that they, like somebody needs to zero in on to say, Hey, this is what I'm going through. And now how do I crack that code? Well, I really think it's just how, how your, your emotional outlook, it just, you know, I could just say like, if you're tired, like I remember going to the office and I felt like I was walking through quicksand or I have like moon boots on, or I would feel, I was feeling numb. I felt uh, low level depression, not severely depressed, but just low level funk. And no matter how hard I pushed, it just didn't go away because I kept on you know, I wasn't recognizing what was going on. I did recognize the symptom of it, though. But the thing, all those, all those things are symptoms of just grieving what you were created to be. So, like, I always go to the depression. The opposite of depression is expression. So if you're feeling depressed or down or moody, because you're, you're failing to express something. So what is it? But sometimes we've been there for so long, Dr. Emmett, that we don't know what we want to do. We don't know how we should feel. We don't know because it's very tough. So it's so easy to shrink back into the comfort and the torment of your everyday thing that's keeping you unfulfilled versus taking a step out, embracing the unknowns or asking yourself questions that might give you insight on what it is you would love to move towards or start to do, or even incorporate in your work. So some of those questions are, you know, what do you do that you have more energy at the end of doing it than when you started like this, we're on this interview, we're going to have way more energy at the end of this interview than when we started. And I tell, I tell people, you don't need sleep. Like people like, I just need a nap. No, no, no. You don't, you're not tired because yeah. you're physically tired. You're just doing something that doesn't fulfill you and lights you up. You know, so what do you do that you have more energy? What do you do that you forget to eat? What do you do that you don't, you don't need sleep? What's something that you could talk all through the night about? What is the thing that if I gave you $50 million today, you would still do it? You know, what would you do for free? So you, we got to understand, we could take something that we love to do, but then we have to learn how to monetize it. That's the key. And it's okay that in seven or 10 years, you change your mind. I think a lot of us, we feel like, okay, this is, this is I got the job, I got this, I got that. I'm going to lock it down and this is the way life's going to be. This is it for the rest of my life. But understand that, you know, you're evolving. So every 5, 10, 7, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it may be, you know, it's okay to change the script or like you say, course correct. So I would definitely go, you don't want to go always on how you feel, but you definitely want to go something toward that's exciting and inspiring to you. Because when you're inspired and when you're excited, just think, I mean, just, you know, from where we came from in a, in a wellness practice, uh, when we were inspired and excited at that time, automatically we outworked everybody. See, so it's not like, because like I told you, if what I'm doing is giving me a reward, the act of what I'm doing is rewarding me, why would I only want to spend four hours on it a week? Yeah. No, because if that's the quote unquote, you know, the drug or the high is the actual, the act of doing what I enjoy doing. And that's, and I'm getting the reward that the end result is not even the reward. It's the act of doing it. Yeah. I automatically without knowing 
outwork everybody. I put the time and I put the effort in. I'm willing to to go through what people say are are failures or or hiccups. Like that's just part of it. But the the the, the reward of it is so fulfilling. You embrace it all. You love it all. You love the ups. You loves the downs. So, and you be, we became extremely extremely proficient and successful. I mean, like both of us, world, you know, top top of the history, and. But then you start to realize, okay, we did that. Now, and I try to sustain that. But I, when I try to sustain it, Dr. Emmett, I couldn't. And then when things started to come down and I started to push harder, and no matter how hard I pushed, man, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was getting more grueling, more grueling, because I was just focusing on what I was losing because the cloud was moving. You know, people don't realize the cloud can move. It's time to use your gifts and your talents and your experiences towards something that makes a greater impact, not just in your, your circle close, but now start like you're doing now, reaching people all across the world. So you have to listen to that feeling. Like it might just, if you're feeling that feeling of numbness or disengagement or, or moodiness and heaviness and fatigued and low level depression, it is, you are clearly not aligned with who you are right now. It's, it's might've been who you were back in the day, but you are clearly, it is your like heroic guidance system telling you you something's got to change so like i said what's the first step you do dr emmett something's got to change i don't know what that is but you got to move you got to explore something different but staying the same thinking it's going to go away is the absolute definition of insanity yes yeah i mean that that's huge the cloud the cloud is moving and what i like for you to do is is what you're doing and you know i've heard uh, portions of this before and you always get something a little different every time you hear hear somebody and you've been a great mentor of mine and for many years and when you're saying the cloud is moving we we do need to give people permission to hey say you know i know you went to school for four 10 12 years for this degree or this profession, whether you're an attorney, whether you're a dentist, it doesn't matter whether you're a chiropractor, a physical therapist, you went to school to be a massage therapist. And you really put your eggs in that basket and then you come to find out later on, I want, I want to do more. You know, I want to serve bigger. I want to be better. Um, we have to give permission to ourselves and, and, what I like that you do is you give permission to others to, hey, you know, course, you know, course correct. Like if, if the if the target is moving, go in the direction that's going to give you the juice. Like it's gonna it's gonna light you up, you know. And if that is not, um, you know, doing physical therapy um, nine to five, then you know, figure out what it is you want to do. And I do also want to talk about, it, and then you take it over as. Uh, the, the thing that might kind of light you up a little bit, here's what I've learned about myself is most often those things scare the shit out of me. Like everything that I can think of back in my past that has really um, brought me to the next level in life or just really gotten me to um, get fired up about something. I was incredibly um, nervous, had anxiety, almost fearful of that. Let me give you an example, okay? Um, I wasn't really meant to go to undergrad college. I was scared as heck. But, you know, going through the application process, financial aid process, was one of the best things I've ever done in my life for me. You feel what I'm saying? I had a buddy, uh, he's like, uh, who's the uh, most beautiful girl in, in, in the room? 
And uh, I pointed at that girl. It was, who's my wife now? And uh, he's like, well, why aren't you talking to her? And fear, right? Anxiety. And that's the same thing with kind of our purpose and mission is like, it may, it may scare you to, you know, get online and do even something like this, like that stuff, it, it, it creates anxiety and fear and these types of things. But when you're in it, when you're doing what you're meant to do, man, there's nothing like it. What, when you talk about um, people are crippled by blind spots, errors in judgment, poor choices, fragmented philosophy and distractions, explain that a little bit more. It's, it's going back to what is it? Well, first of all, what is the secret identity I talk about? It's a less than watered down version of your truth. It blinds you of the vision, like your outer vision, like you were talking about, blinds you of the vision and it, and it removes you of that permission to fully embrace your truly authentic and created, uh, authentically created to be. And we are basically, we're, we're conditioned by imposed injective values of society. You know, we were, we were told what to think and what to do. I mean, through teachers and preachers and dogmas and belief systems and our parents' belief systems and media, you know, we're, we're, told, we're told what to do. We're, we, we put on this false suit, like I was saying before. And the, the fragmented philosophies, we believe, meaning that, you know, Bruce Lee, what I admire about Bruce Lee and as, as I studied him, and even though, like, you never, you, you can't even believe that he died so young, right? Because when you read his stuff, he was always about finding your truth. I was reading that. I was like, how simple is that? It's like, because how many of us were doing, we were, or we believe things because someone just told you. And that's it. And you took someone's word for it. You took someone's perception or view of the world Can and you, you accepted it. What? Can you give me an example um, or the, the listeners an example of that? Oh, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> there are a hundred of them. Yeah. Well, let's do something you and I are so good in. Most people think health is how they look or feel. Yeah. How and they so, yeah. right, right. And we live in a society that spends billions of dollars on looking good or feeling good. But yet, if you go on how you look or how you feel, the top disease killers are heart disease and cancer. And everybody watching this has been affected by heart disease and cancer, a friend, a family, a loved one, coworker. So with five to six people dying of heart disease and cancer, the only reason why they're the top ones is because you don't feel it. And so with five or six people dying of that or more people dying of things that they feel or don't feel, and people go, don't feel. And, but here you, you were led to believe health is how you look at it feel. Who told you that? And people are like, well, I don't know. That's just what I thought to believe. Or, you know, that when you were born, you were born and you were created weak. Even though we'll look at a baby and call it a miracle of life, we forget that the miracle of life, there's really nothing different between a baby and me right now. I'm just a bigger baby. Like nothing happened from that wisdom that created every part of that body. It didn't come out with the placenta. So when people realize, wow, that miracle is still me, like it's so who told them that? They believed, for instance, uh, and, and, you know, a medical establishment, you know, made someone think that a child is born weak and incapable of surviving without man made intervention. That's one. Uh, that was a perfect example of imposed, injected, seriously, values of society that uh, society promotes, they reward, they uh, educate, even medicate mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, that, that feeling thing, and this is good because, you know, it's the virtual health experts. Yeah. You know, we're talking yeah. also about health. 
You know, when you were, when you were talking about like people, people were taught, they, they were sold on the idea that if you feel good and when you're talking about the five out of six um, deaths from heart disease and cancer, you know, why, why do people call them the silent killers? Yeah. Cause you don't feel them. Yeah. You don't feel them. So, so, you know, somebody taught us that, Hey, if we do things to make ourselves feel good, we drug our kids to make them feel good when they're kids, what are we going to do when we grow up? And that is what's getting us into this crisis that we're in today where people are dropping dead, not just of the silent killers, they're, 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 they're dropping dead of the treatment of them now with medications and drugs, the leading causes of death. You know, so the whole system is just a mess, but somebody taught us that, you know, so uh, I appreciate you allowing us to break through. Let's get more to the hero. Yeah. And before that, before that, Dr. Ammon, I just felt something. I think you would enjoy this. Let's talk about freedom for a second, just freedom. And most people think like, well, I want to have uh, something in my life that creates all this freedom. I want to make a lot of money to have all this freedom. And I, w- I want to work less so I have more freedom. But what you have to understand, and listen to me on this one, this is kind of unique. It's part of the hero stuff. But um, the areas uh, with our patients, look at this, we'll use our patients so we don't take it too personally, but it's for you as well. Um, the pa- when our patients come in to see us, it's the area that they felt they had most freedom in actually created a prison for them. And it's the, it's the one thing that has just almost destroyed their life. Such as when someone walks in our office and they, had the, they felt they had the freedom to eat what they wanted or the freedom to not have to be disciplined in exercise, they walk in with diabetes, neuropathy, obesity, um, heart disease, even cancer. So it's amazing that the areas that were, you gotta be very careful with freedom. There's two approaches to freedom. There is neglect, where, hey, I'm just going to do what I want, and, but it's not freedom. It's really a prison. It will lead to that. And there's another way, and you understand this, Dr. Emmett, the way to freedom is through discipline. Yes. You know, I, I, take, I wake up early. I take care of myself. I do my morning rituals. I eat a certain way because I, gotta be, I have to be sharp and on my A game for my patients and in my life. So there's an extreme amount of discipline that yields freedom because I'm healthy. And so a lot of times when we look for freedom in areas, maybe in a relationship, someone says, you know, they look at someone else, so they cheat on their spouse. They think they have freedom. It, it leads to a prison, right? Yeah, you know, health, it leads to a prison. So the areas that we think or we strive to have freedom, be very careful because if you allow too much freedom in that area, it could actually turn on you and become somewhat of a prison. And that kind of leads into what we want to talk about where that's why we have to find somebody that we love to do or we really or or if or we could find a way to see the the beauty in it allowing us to love it even more or have affinity for it so we could work in it more see like i'm trying to get people not to retire i'm getting people to try to find something they do so when they love it like you said the rewards in it they actually wind up outworking everybody because they become obsessively desired you know they have an obsessive desire over it my son justice he was obsessed, you know, had obsessive desire in karate, became a black belt and world champion. And then he stopped. He literally, when we moved, Dr. Emmett, he stopped. He didn't want to do it anymore. I'm like, dude, eight years of your life. And then he, he picked up a tennis racket and never stopped. And now like that's his, but, he, but when I see him as a dad, whatever my kids are obsessed, they have an obsessive desire in, I'm investing all in on that. That's the greatest thing. I could have, if I, you find me someone who's obsessed and like, like irrationally obsessed in an area, that is the greatest investment I could ever make. Yeah, justice, uh, justice, man. He, he, he's a phenom, man. I love that kid. Uh, 
and uh, it's interesting that he he moved into the uh, the tennis arena. I mean, that's that's awesome. So when you're when you're setting up your kids for success, um, are you? I mean, I don't have kids. That's why I don't want to. I don't want to pretend to like teach parents how to parent. So that's why I'm asking you. Um, do you do you when you say you get behind him and push him, um, pushing him, or are you like? Um, opening up doors and um, removing obstacles and barriers for, for him to kind of succeed on his own. What's, what's your kind of mindset on that? Well, I, I, you're absolutely right. See, if I, if you push, there's resistance, but I found that if someone is obsessed about something, you don't have to ask them to do it. You don't have to ask them to practice. They just, they can't stop. They, they go to practice and they come home and they go on YouTube and watch it. It's like he, he's, he's, brainwashing and self immersion. Like that's all they think about. And even though it gets tiresome to those people around you, but it's like, isn't that the Kobe Bryant's? Isn't that the Michael Jordan? Like that's all they thought. They, they were totally relentless and obsessed over their craft. And so when I see that and you and I, Dr. Emmett, we're the same way. Like when, when we look at our life, be like, man, when was I rocking? What was, what was I like when this was happening? I realized I only had one thing on my mind. <laughs> so it's like when I, so now I know with my kids, I just sit back. I just sit back and I watch. And when I see them lock on and like a pit bull and drive their teeth onto something, then I'm like, okay. So like we did, we went to Florida last week and I took them to Nick Bulletary Academy. That's where Agassi and Jim Currier and the, you know, some of the best tennis players in the world. And they're known for grueling training. So I'm like, all right, buddy, let's see if you really want to do it. We'll, we'll go a week out there. And he's either going to say, I love it at the end of the week, or he's like, dad, this is just a great hobby, but I got to see where he's at. Of course, you know, he, I mean, his, his legs were raw from chafe and all this other stuff because they worked him. But he, he, he was with, see, that's the thing. When you love to do something, the grueling work and the grueling training, um, as grueling as it is, and I wouldn't want to do it, but it's like as grueling as it was because he loved that thing it didn't even phase him. Like he was bleeding, you know, because of his skin was, you know, he's not, his skin was chafing. So it didn't matter because it was the end thing. It was the tennis that he loved doing. It didn't matter if he was bleeding or uncomfortable. And in, in that same respect, that's why I look at my kids, what they love to do. You know, Titus is six, so he's not quite there yet. But when I see that, then I hire the best coaches. Then I invest in that. Then I, then my pushing is just putting him in front of the best coaches to take him where he wants to be. And, and I realize, and he'll take that as long as it is. But I know in life, if I could get him used to going all in and then knowing that, okay, I'm all in, I love this. Now who's the best in this? Who's the best coaches in this? Now I need to hang around those people. It's I'm literally teaching him to, to, to wax the car and paint the fence. Cause if he could get in his mind, if I want to do something and I love it, I need to find the best who's doing it, pay them, apprentice them and work for them and there'll be nothing I can't do. And so that's, you know, at 12, he's at, he's only 12, but it's like, I think that's the greatest thing I could give uh, him as a dad for me, you know, everybody has their different ideas of what a good parent is. And even my wife would beg to differ of my parenting skills, but I always look for the long-term success. So I might not sit down on the floor and play, play uh, Legos but I sure as hell will invest and work as hard as I can to give them the opportunity to develop the discipline, the mindset, and, uh, and, and remove the obstacles that they could do whatever they want to do. Yeah, and that mindset is, I think that's the, you know, part of the, the main 
portion of our conversation is it all starts in here, you know? And, and so when you're, when you talk about, um, un, you know, on what I refer to as unleashing and unlocking the hero within, and you've, you've actually helped me do that. I don't know if I've actually formally told you that. And I appreciate you for that. Um, you know, kind of getting out of my own way and, and, you know, acknowledging and, accepting that secret identity, identifying the fact that, it, you know, there's something there. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So anybody could, you know, destroy their secret identity and allow their hero to rise. And it's basically yeah. four main. Can you, can you tell me for more for the listeners yeah. that never heard you before, what, what that means? What do you mean when you say that? Which one, Dr. Emmett? Secret identity and unlocking the hero within. Right. So the secret identity, as we mentioned just earlier, it's just the less than watered down version of your truth. It's just, it's, it's all the, the dogmas and, and belief systems and just living out other people's values for your life. You know, it's just, you're putting on a false phony suit to people. You know, you, you go to work, you give them that fake smile. It's all this stuff, but deep down inside, you know what? You're right. Let's do this. Here it is. I'll make it very simple for everybody. Um, and if you have kids, if you know, you know, if you, or when you were younger, cause you could look at kids and see it right now. When you look at a kid, they are probably under, under six years old, definitely under seven, under six years old. What are the qualities a child has? I'll tell you what they are. They have imagination. They're very creative. They are loving. They are playful. They'll play all day long. They live in what I call vertical time which is present time. They don't live in linear time like we live. They're all about now. What do you want to do it now? They, they don't think about past. They don't think about future. They just think about right now. They, they have ego. They have pride. They have self-esteem, self-confidence. You ever see when a kid draws something and he's super proud of themselves? Yeah. They are, they're super forgiving, like I said. They question limitations all the time. They are closers. Like they, I mean... Kids have closed me 100% of the time. They never lost a deal. They have always closed me because they they don't stop. They don't take. They they know what they want. And they go after it. And the greatest and the most the most commonly asked question of a kid is what? Why? 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 It's time to go to bed. Why? Because um, it's eight o'clock. I'm not tired. Um, um, it's time to eat. Why? I'm not hungry. Um, so yeah, I realize like when my kids ask me why on certain things like that, it's time to go to bed. They're like why. I'm like, it's eight o'clock. You need to go to bed. Well, why? I'm not, I'm not tired. And then I, and I'm, then they call me. I'm like, well, because that's what your neighbor's <laughs> kids say. Like, so you realize they really, I didn't have a good reason. And when they would ask me why, a lot of my whys were because, well, that's when I went to bed or that's when there was, it was, it was, my reasons were rooted in garbage. It was really, and I realized, wow, like our kids did not have a, a kid up until six, seven years old. They were not, um, uh, forced into mediocrity or status quo. Now when the kid goes to school and they want to talk out loud or express themselves and they said, be quiet, sit down, you know, and sit in this chair, don't move, don't express yourself. So then they're actually the, the greatest qualities and childlike qualities that we all possessed at one time are now sub subdued and suppressed and put into this cage. And so this hero starts to shrink inside you. Where kids, they always wanted to be a hero, right? If you're, if you're a lady watching this or a girl, you wanted to be a princess. Guys, we all wanted to be heroes. And that's, that was our – so it's, I'm not telling you to be childish. It's about becoming childlike again. You know, when I think of an Elon Musk, he's pretty damn childlike. 
He really is. He thinks, well, let's do this. Let's build tunnels under LA. Let's like, he thinks like a child. Yes. You know, and that's the key when we're told, you know, child, like, don't be childish, but you understand, like we, so my whole thing, Dr. Emmett, it's not about discovering your potential. It's not about attaining your potential. That's my message is very different than personal development, which has failed us because personal development tells you says you need something from the outside, outside in to be better. And you and I, even from the wellness field, we say, well, you don't need anything on the outside. It's from the inside. So it's all about reclaiming, reattaining and rediscovering, which was always there. Like you need to be an archaeologist. You don't need to be like an explorer. There's nothing to explore. There's nothing to find. It's about reattaining, rediscovering what you had and what you always knew when you were younger. Yeah, Elon Musk and what you're saying about, you know, the, the playfulness, the ingenuity, the questioning about, you know, kids and their excitement and their enthusiasm. I think what we're really, here's part of what we're grieving, um, just, you know, extrapolating some of the, the wisdom you're, you're throwing on me, which is bombs, bro, just, uh, just to let you know, is what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we're trying to get back to that emotional experience, that feeling that we felt, and we're just, we're, we're pissed off and we're depressed the fact that we can't feel that again on a day-to-day week-to-week, month-to-month basis. I mean, it is, um, you know, there's nothing worse. I mean, I'd rather beat my head against the wall or have a root canal than, than not feel those feelings. I think we're trying to re-experience. That's what Elon Musk is doing, man, but he's not afraid to do it. And Dr. Emmett, let's even look like this. Now, even, and we know where you came from, and I don't know if everybody knows the, like, completeness of, of the story where you came from, but... What's crazy is if you truly were honest with yourself and were able to look back, there was times in that situation when you were growing up that you were way happier as a child than you are right now. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So you're so right, man. I think you just nailed something. It's just like the grieving of the potential is the child is the, it's not, and let's not even say child. It wasn't the child. It was the innate, it was the pure innate expression that we were, brought into this world with is mourning and trying to express what it always was. And it has all this mud and dirt on, you know, like, it's like, so a child isn't a child because of their age. What we're talking about is just the innate pure qualities that all of us have been given that have been subdued this entire time. And there's this low level mourning and sadness because it just like, it's like a child when a child wants to express themselves and they want to be happy, it's like, you know, when you're, it's like if I drew something when I was a kid and say, dad, look, look, and I was happy about it. And he just didn't let me be happy, you know? And it's just like, so you kind of feel down about that. Like what's wrong? Why can't I express who I was created to be? So I think everybody's really, you're right. The suppression of, of all these amazing, beautiful qualities. Just think all the qualities I just mentioned, people are spending $50,000 a year or $25,000 to go to masterminds to try to get that stuff back. But yeah. we had it, but we had every single thing that we're trying to get right now when we were kids. So people have to realize it's not about going and getting those qualities. It's about remembering and reattaining those qualities. Absolutely, 100%, I love it. The, um, the, the means to, to reattain and, and really, I guess, explore that side of you. Here, here's why I'm bringing this up is, for years, um, I, I was asked, like, you know, why aren't you, you know, putting out more content? Why aren't you, you know, talking online and, and doing some of these events? And um, 
I had I had a, a fear factor about that. Like it was it, here's what I mean. I was I was almost insecure or afraid of like what certain um, family members or friends that I haven't talked to for a decade. Now, mind you, think about that. Like I haven't spoken to them. I haven't seen them for a decade. Part of the reason I wouldn't do that was um, I was afraid the way they may misinterpret or think that I was um, not good enough. Um, it wasn't up to par. And again, remind you, it was I, I was thinking about people that I haven't seen or heard from from a decade. Like, how stupid is that? But it's real. Yes. Yeah. So, we, so that's why we got to give our permission to be like, hey, you know what? I am feeling that way. And, and that's okay. You know, it's like, that's, but, and then, then, but like you say, that's all, when you're able to get to a point of acceptance, then you could work on the thing. It's like, now we could work around it. Like I always tell people, you're not at a place that you want to be like your health. Like you got to let, you know, when you take, when you see someone who comes in uh, to your office, you work with someone in their health, it's like, you're the weight you're at. You look the way you do because you want to. And that's the basic meaning of why people do things. I try to look at study psychology of people like, why would they do this? And it's like, it comes down because we want to. That's it. Um, I wanted to eat that. I didn't want to train. I, I didn't, like I always talk about relationships too. You know, it's, it's not, is it really hard? It's nothing we tell anybody to do is hard. It's not hard to buy flowers. It's not hard to buy a card. But the reason why it doesn't happen is because the person doesn't want to. That's it. And when you realize like you don't want to, and when you get to that, but it's not in a bad way. I always say that. Like, I never say this as, as some people say, you don't want to and you're a loser. No, 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 no. I say it very empowering. I'm like, when you could realize and say, you know what? Yeah, I just didn't want to do that. And then you become empowered because at least you took responsibility. And then you could walk around that thing and figure out if you want to do it or not. But at least don't BS yourself and say, oh, I really want to, you know, I want a great marriage, but you didn't do the things that it took to get there. It's like you didn't want to. And when you could accept the responsibility in a good way, no judgment. I'm, I No judgment. I always tell people when I talk to you, when I'm talking to everybody here, I'm in a room and I always say, I've always pitched myself in a very clean room and there's no right, there's no wrong, there's no good, there's no evil, there's no um, guilt, judgment, or shame. And so when you could take all that stuff away, the right, wrong, good, evil, judgment, guilt, or shame, and remove that and be in a place where none of that exists, then you could really be honest with yourself. And this, but Emma, this is the key. Like you have to get there first to now fully and accurately um, build a relationship with yourself. Because like you said, you could be okay with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I made that mistake. Yeah, because I really don't want to do it, right? So, so there's no judgment. There's no guilt anymore. It's allowing you to forgive yourself and then build – because when you're in that place, you don't feel the guilt, the shame, the right and the wrong that you felt other people were going to put upon you. So when you could be in that place where it doesn't matter because there is no right or wrong of how you want to live your life, then that, that, start, that starts the process of rebuilding or, or recreating the life that you're always supposed to have. That's, uh, that, do you think, I mean, do you think people are afraid to get real? I mean, real talk? Do you, you think people are afraid to get that? Uh, one, one thing that we have in our office in one of our clinics here is um, we, we have a, it's, it's an inside rule that we are not allowed to say, how are you doing? You know that, you know that social, like every greeting when you see somebody, hey, how's it going? 
Good. <laughs> That's just an autopilot response. Oh, sure. And so in our in our office, it is against the law to say how are you yeah. doing. Sure. And so we we always say, you know, it's great to see you, uh, you know, Chris, you know. And then, you know, when they're leaving, you know, it was great to see you. You look amazing. You know, great job. Power's on. But we're never allowed to say, how are you doing? Because we're tr what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we're trying to change the autopilot. We're trying to um, be a disruptor and say, why are you, why are you saying that? And if you're going to say, how are you doing? You better be ready for a real response. I got a freaking flat tire. My what, you know, my spouse was up, up my, you know, arse about something, you know, the dog, you know, unless you're ready to be real, don't ask the question. That's because that, as we bring it back to health, it's the same thing in health. Hey, how's your health? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I'm on six medications. I got a hip replacement, two knee, two knee replacements, and my spouse just got a pacemaker. But yeah, hey, you know, things are great. Yeah. It's, there's no, there's no realness. It's, it's the person that's like, yeah, they're so healthy and this and that, but they got, you know, and they were diagnosed with cancer and then you got to be real, be like, do healthy people get cancer? And so that's that, that's that, that belief system. It's like, well, I guess not. I'm like, yeah. So even though you thought, see, so you thought they were healthy or you thought you were healthy, you can't get these diseases and be healthy at the same time. So again, it's that, it's that you're right. It's being real. It's getting aware, but Dr. Emmett, we have been trained and conditioned to say to, to speak in autoresponders all the time. We've been trained and conditioned to give success 101 answers. For instance, I'll use a great one. God first, really? You know, like if I look at your checkbook and I look at your uh, credit card statements, I'll tell you exactly what or who is first. Like, don't give me that stuff. Be real. You know, like, don't like, because, but you know, it's an autoresponder. It's an autoresponder. It sounds good. We want people to like us. We're going to say the right thing without saying, you know, the truth. <laughs> and the truth could be this. For some of you have kids, maybe you really think your kids are a pain in the ass. And, you know, there's like, they, they, they feel like they're getting in the way. Like, no one's it. Like, if you could just be, the greatest thing to do is be not, not, not a jerk or anything, but actually be true with yourself and really be true with your emotions. Because if, you, if you're not true to yourself, like you're lying to yourself as well. Like a lot of us, we, we are so used to the autoresponders, the success one-on-one answers that we actually put on that identity to actually start believing in the lies. It's a lie. The, the lies that we're telling other people. And here's, you know, and here's where, um, here's where I see the, like one of the worst, gravest mistakes. So that auto responder thing, um, you've seen it and I've seen, Hey, how are you doing in practice? I'm doing great. Yeah. Things are great. Next thing you know, they close the doors. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you can actually get honest with yourself and real and vu vulnerable, right. If you can yeah. get vulnerable and say, Hey, Chris, you know, no, this is what's really going on. I'm struggling in this area. Um, you know, financially, this is the situation. When you when you can get to that place where it's, and it's got to be in the right company. Yep. You know, you don't want to air your dirty laundry in front of everybody. But at the end of the day, when you can get real with, whether it's your friend, a colleague, or your inner circle, that's when you invite the um, opportunity to, Get out of that situation. You know, complex conditions can be simple solutions. So you may have a solution for me because you've been through it, you've been there, um, or you know maybe just some insight or wisdom of different way to look at it. 
that I do not possess and I need that. But the only way that's going to be, the only way that's going to happen is if, if I invite you to contribute to that conversation by saying, I'm not doing great. And here's why. If you can be real with people, you see what I'm saying? I think, I think the, the best thing you said right there to sum it up is, and I just felt it is don't air your, don't air that stuff out to people that, that can't help you. Like air it out to those that you know, that could help you. That's it. Like, so, you know, you're right. Like you don't go around cause you don't want to be that person that you know, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be around this person because they're just telling me their sorrows the whole time. But it's like, but don't be afraid when you know someone could help you, you go out to say, listen, I know you're successful here. I'm struggling here. And then because at least you know that the conversation will be around different perceptions, course correcting and solutions. The worst thing you could have is someone who's, who empathizes with you or sympathizes with you. Cause I got, there's a great quote from Marion Williamson. Um, there, there is, there is no enlightenment in shrinking to the insecurities, insecurities of others. And I'll explain that. There's no enlightenment in shrinking to the insecurities of others. What that means is, in order to get healthier, you don't, you can never become so sick, so you can help another sick person. You don't become poor to help a poor person. You know what you do is you raise and you become an inspired light to help pull people up. But don't think that sympathizing or going down to their state or vibration is ever going to help them. And that's what people do. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like that, that's when you stand strong and challenge them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so one thing is uh, I've heard this in the past and, and you, you may resonate with this. I, I don't know. Is um, This is what gets you, man. This is where you start to shrink and you got to catch yourself. And it's, and it's subtle when somebody says, um, he thinks he's better than, okay? Or something to that nature, okay? I've heard that in the past while growing up, going through school. And, it, and that, that's when, when I know you and you know me, that is not it. I, I, I don't think I'm better. What I'm looking for is I wanna be better. I wanna be better and I wanna, I wanna get to that next level. Um, I am not okay with the status quo and where I'm at. So when somebody says that kind of gesture, they're trying to get you to shrink down to mediocrity and average, that's their way, that's their, that's the crab in the cage. You know how crabs, they stay in the cage only because they pull each other back in? That's a subtle methodical method to do that. It's subtle, they'll say it to you. Oh, he thinks he's better, you'll overhear that. No, 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 that's not. No, I think it's right. You just want to be better. I think I think that's all. All of us want progression because that's that's happiness. You know, I really think, isn't that like when you're progressing, when you're growing, when you're expanding? Doesn't isn't that fun? Doesn't that make you feel good? Doesn't that make you feel like you're winning? Why wouldn't you want that? I mean, that's winning. That's winning right there is progressing. Progression is the great greatest thing. And then here's the thing: if you're not progressing in an area. You're going to find other ways to fill that void by progressing in different areas. I could tell you personally, for me, like when my practice was not progressing the way I wanted to, I went into bodybuilding again. Why? Because I knew that was an area I could grow and progress in. I was, I was 160 pounds. <laughs> I would, I could, I could normally progress and grow again, right? So, we're, we we do things in life, but you got to be very careful with that because you could grow and progress and find challenge in areas that are destructive. So, it, it, you know, versus me having an affair and and doing all these or getting to booze alcohol or drugs to progress or fill that void you know i chose to 
fill a, a, a void that would challenge and give me areas that I could progress again when my main source of income and business was not growing, right? So it's very frustrating. But we, we know if you're frustrated, you, that's why, what are the areas you're always looking to progress and grow? But again, that's why it's so important to always be honest with yourself so you don't start doing things that become very destructive. It's powerful, man. I'm going to, um, let's, we're going to bring it around and, and land the plane here shortly. So I kind of want to just give you some last, um, you know, thoughts or sure. questions. Can you just, um, maybe one or two, um, takeaways and if, if somebody's listening and they're struggling, so they're struggling to find their voice, their confidence, they're insecure, um, they're, you know, questioning their identity one or two suggestions or steps like if you were in front of them like what would you what would you say to them well if you're, if you're questioning things because you know you're you're not you're looking from an outside in perspective versus you know versus what do you want to do and people say well i don't i don't know and the thing is you do know and that's why you go back to that feeling. Well, what, what makes you inspired? What gets you excited? And I tell people it could be totally irrational. That's, a, that's another thing, Dr. Emmett. I think people are trying to think of everything that makes sense and it's logical. No, it doesn't got to be logical and it doesn't got to make sense. It, it could be totally irrational. Like, I don't care. Like, just don't worry what other people think. What do you want to do? And you don't realize everybody takes their skills and their talents for granted because they come easy to them. Now realizing that your skills and the talents that are easy to someone could be extremely valuable to me and I'd be willing to pay top dollar for those areas that you are very skilled and talented at from your experience in life. So everybody thinks they don't have a story. Everybody thinks their skills and talents aren't good enough. But the thing is, it's just believing a lie. And that's why the first step into becoming that hero is to embrace the hero mindset. And there really is, I mean, we could go all day long on it, but I mean, just embracing the hero mindset again. And one thing we'll talk about, we could just say right here, like most people think it's, they need to follow their passion. But if you look at the definition of passion, it's, it means unbridled emotions, unbridled emotions, frenzy, um, a tantrum. It's, it's, a vil, it's a villainous way to look at things. The villain in a movie usually has unbridled, tantrumous, frenzied emotions. But if you look at pride... And ego, which we were what? We were always told pride and ego is sinful, godless, sinner, don't go there. But that's really the path to the hero because you never, you never said, wait, let me find that out for myself. Where pride, the meaning of pride is pleasure and satisfaction in your achievements, pleasure and satisfaction of the achievements of your loved ones and those you're closely associated with and pleasure and satisfaction for the gifts, talents, and possessions that you have that are widely admired. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no simple for that. Like you should feel proud of what you were given. And then ego is one sense of self-esteem and self-importance. Like I say, so if you don't think that your gifts and the talents what you've been called to do are important and they don't serve the world, where someone might point the finger and say, well, they think they're better than. No, 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 no. You don't think you're better than anybody. You just have a sense of esteem and importance that what I was put here to do, my gifts and my talents, and what I could do for the world far exceeds anything uh, then it, it's one of the greatest things I could ever do. So that's why I say embrace pride, embrace the ego, and you can embrace humility as well. You can have all those things. A hero has pride, ego, and humility. Because humility, uh, courage, which is part of the hero, it comes in the weakness. A hero, like we all know our weaknesses. That's why be honest with yourself. Here are my weaknesses. And in the weakness comes the courage and the humility. And so we were always told pride and ego were bad, but we were never told that we could embrace our pride, embrace our ego, embrace our humility. And that's what I call hero enhancers. You get, you know, and it's all, it, all it does is it enhances your heart. If I give money, pride, ego, and humility to 
uh, a drug addict or to a, uh, a gambler, they're going to just be enhanced and do more drugs and gamble more. But for all of you listening on the line, when you take up some pride and you take up some ego with your humility, you be, it's just with a heart like you have, you're a full-blown hero. And that's one thing, the embracing the hero mindset. It's okay to feel good because all of you do it when no one's looking. All of you sing in the shower, you sing in the car, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're naked or putting on clothes, you pose in the mirror, right? All of you are doing it behind the scenes, right? Because you're trying to get, a, it's that kid in you, it's the childlikeness in you that embraces pride and ego, that wants to feel a little bit of proud of themselves and knowing that it's okay. So that's the hero mindset. Second Emmett would be maximize your superpower. That's your gifts and talents. Develop those. They're, they come raw, but you got to develop them. Then you got to choose your vehicle. And what's your vehicle? Emmett, we're doing a podcast right now for someone it's speaking, for someone it's writing, for some, whatever that vehicle you, you want to use to get your message out, get it out. And then the final part, you love what you're doing. You're doing something. You're getting your message out. Now monetize it. It's okay to serve and love and want to change the world and get paid for it because you're giving a beautiful value exchange for helping other people live the life they want to live. So they're the four components that will get in there. Let's, get, let's go circle back around yeah. to maximizing your superhero or superpower. Yeah. Um, if you could just elaborate a little bit on that. And then yeah. obviously – um, timing right now is not appropriate, and, and I know that you have a gift for us. Uh, maybe we could, you know, talk about, you know, how to monetize things and, yeah. and identify, you know, getting more into the the hero side of things with with your um, special offer there. But uh, let's let's go back to maximizing your superpower. Can you elaborate on that for for all of us? Well, the purpose, of, one of the purpose, the purpose of the hero's life is to remember, you know, not discover, remember. Their, their gifts and talents. And then the work of a hero's life is to develop those gifts and talents. And then the mission of the hero's life is to give those talents out to the world in abundance for the benefit of others. And so you got to find out what are those things to do? And we talked about it. Would, you know, if I gave you $50 million, what would you do? Um, what are the things you're good at? What are the things you like to do? What are the things that come easy to you? What are the things that you have more energy? My big thing is what is the thing that you do that when you do it, no matter how tired you are, you tap into the universal unlimited energy of the universe. Like that's key. Cause when you, when you get in, it's, it's inspiration, excitement, like you said, juice, right. That's gets you up and, and excited. That is the greatest place to be. Cause when you're excited and you're, and you're inspired, you're also in a state of appreciation and appreciation is way better than being grateful. Let me tell you real quick, like Thanksgiving, when we're grateful, we're still comparing ourselves to other people. It's a crap. I don't even believe in gratefulness because it's like saying, hey, you know, I thank God that we have food on our table because other people don't have food on their table. There's comparison. But when, you, when you're in appreciation, Dr. Emmett, things don't have to be positive in your life to have appreciation. You could be in a prison and saying, you know what? Hey, I appreciate that I'm alive. I appreciate that I have someone next to me. I appreciate that there's like appreciation is probably the greatest place to be to move forward. Like I love my patients, you know, like you just could go through and appreciate everything, even when things aren't going as well as you want them to be. Yeah. And I love that, you know, it's part of what you were saying about like, I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking about the appreciation side mm -hmm. of it though. So the person singing in the shower or getting dressed in front of the mirror, you know, and the reason they don't do that openly is because maybe they feel a little awkward or weird. And here's where I'm going with that. Weaknesses, you know, stare your weaknesses in the face, stare them down and face them. 
Um, I, I've been relentless at that. And, and that's an area in my life where I, I super succeed. It's a superpower of mine is facing those fears and, and weaknesses. And so one of my weaknesses that I would reflect back at and look at is be like, um, um, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. So my thought process is a little out there, right? In terms of maybe people surrounding me in the immediate circle. Um, so introvert, entrepreneurial mindset, awkward as hell and weird. Um, and I love every, every bit of those things about myself. And that's what I've learned is I've turned my weirdness up. I freaking love it, dude. I love being weird, my weirdness. I've embraced it and owned it. So that person singing in the shower and, and you know, getting dolled up in front of the mirror, the reason they're not doing it and, and they're secure about it is because they're worried about the person walking in going, that's weird. What are you doing? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Um, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and, and bring it around. But, uh, how do you, how do you personally address your weaknesses, face your fears and, and get to the next level? An exercise I do, I call it fears and fogs. So what do you do is you take out a piece of paper and you write down every fear and every fog you have. Fears are what? The fears. That's easy. Just, these are my fears. And then the fogs are little things that you don't understand or a little cloudy or you feel you don't have enough um, talent, skill, or education and or knowledge. So you put those down. Let's say you have a goal. And what happens? We get inspired. Like, oh, like Emmett, you were saying you, you got this. You're not your more mind. You, wow, look, I'm, I got this idea. And you get excited about that. You see when you get excited first, that's the truth. The truth is you got the idea that automatically makes it possible. I love that. Henry Ford thought the same thing. If I thought of it, it could happen. Figure it out. Steve Jobs, same way. So you get this inspired thought or an idea that you're so pumped about. And then your secret identity comes in and starts telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't. And as time goes on and procrastination goes on, you just like everybody, everybody listening, you thought of a book, you thought of a movie, you thought of a great idea and invention, and it didn't happen, right? Because you just talked yourself out of it. So immediately when you have inspired thought, you write down all your fears this is what I'm afraid of. And then you write down your fogs. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to do Facebook ads. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know nothing about a funnel. And you write down all the things you don't know. So now we have a piece of paper with all these fears and fogs. And they represent this. They represent this. That on that piece of paper, that piece of paper and those things on there are the only things in your way of reaching what you want to do. Like, so that's it. So you actually know your targets, and then take that piece of paper and now you make them objectives for the next year. What do I mean by objectives? Well, on that piece of paper, I know either A, I need to learn a skill, get knowledgeable about something. B, if you do have some capital, you hire people. You hire people away. So I hire the funnel person. I hire this person. I hire, the, I hire uh, uh, an accountability coach because maybe one of your fears is I just can't stick to a plan. I, like you hire out or if it's a business, you partner up with somebody who does the things that are your weaknesses. So now you could partner up and split it 50-50. But on that sheet of paper, it's so easy. It makes it easy because it when it comes out of your brain, the sting goes away, right? Because it's, it's all in your head and you're all scared. So you put it on a piece of paper, the sting goes away, and now you're looking at objectives. And you can say, okay, this is my goal for 2019. I'm going to develop a skill, learn a skill, hire someone, partner with someone, and when this is all gone, nothing stops me. 
And that's how you, and then you, you shrink the learning curve, you save time and money and you get to where you want to be much faster. And that's how you do it. And that's how you go from ordinary, an ordinary dude, weird, awkward, introvert, just like me, ordinary to extraordinary. Hey, you guys, we're going to wrap this up. I know Dr. Chris has got something special for you guys. Um, this has been the Virtual Health Experts Show. Dr. Emmett Blonick here and Dr. Chris Zeno. Dr. Chris, I, I want to actually tap in more, and I want them to be able to tap in more. What can they do? How can they get a hold of you? What do you got for us? I know we're talking about different um, aspects of reaching your ultimate hero potential, and there is a secret sauce to this stuff. So I, I have some for you guys. It's called a Hero Secret Sauce, and it's I distilled I, – I, researched heroes and champions and people all through life. And you know, I distilled it down to five main characteristics that you could literally, when you learn them, you could apply them today because I want you to start winning today. So if you go to imhero.com forward slash secret. So again, it's imhero.com forward slash secret. You're able to get that. So it's some PDFs. There's some videos where I explain them more and uh, some workbook stuff like we talked about. I really believe in the workbook for sure because that really gets things down on paper. And you could start applying and winning immediately uh, today as well. And along with the sequence of emails, you'll also be introduced to my I Am Hero project. That is my, uh, my five-module course. That is really just an amazing it's, – it's one of the greatest courses out there for sure as far as uh, – how you learn the content. It's revolutionary. And you'll also be, get, uh, be able to get introduced to that to take it a little bit deeper. Is that now the, um, the, the course there, uh, is that located on drzano.com? No, no. If you go to the secret, like it's, it's kind of, uh, you kind of got to get to it somewhat invite only. So, but the hero secret sauce will start to take you there. And so, again, you know, it'll take you there. It'll take you to, uh, or if you want to, you know what, here, if you don't mind, put this, uh, put this link on here. I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, if you go to imhero.com forward slash register, or, you know, R-E-G-I-S-T-E-R, imhero.com forward slash register, then you'll be uh, guided towards a really nice masterclass I made for you guys. It's pretty sweet. You'll love it. And it's a masterclass I made for you guys that really goes over even more in depth than what we went over today. So check that out. And from there, that masterclass qualifies people uh, in order to go and ch even get uh, access to potentially being accepted for the I Am Hero project, which is an entire online course with workbook and everything like that. So at least go to the register, check out the masterclass. At least I could give you something there on me as my gift to you as well. And then you could see if you're fit or if you're ready to go on the heroic journey you were created to go on. Now you're awesome. I certainly appreciate it. This is a, a mentor of mine, you guys, Mr. America, Mr. Universe, Dr. Chris Zeno. Um, Iamhero.com forward slash register. Iamhero.com forward slash secret. I can see to you, my friend. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, appreciate you. Bless you. Have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Bye, everybody.